This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Sarah rejoins us again for the second time. So, Sarah and then Frenchie, how are we? I'm good. Absolutely vibing on this lovely Thursday. I'm excited to talk Frenchie? about F1, even though there's no race this weekend. But there is um, there's no race Formula this E this weekend. Yeah, yeah, in New York. Yeah. There's Formula E, there's IndyCar, there's plenty of stuff going on still. But before we get there, before we talk about Austria, let's do some trivia. The driver who won from the farthest back on the starting grid is who? Bonus position, bonus point if you can get the race, bonus point if you can get the starting spot number. Um, Haven't people started from the pit lane? Uh, Not that won the race. Hmm. That shows how much I know. At least oh, not a- just kidding. I know this one because it's the 80s. Um, this was John Watson in Detroit. Was that 82 or 83? 82. 80, 80, Damn it. 83. 83. Okay. <laughs> Look, he's mad he got the year wrong. Okay, he but what was the, the spot? Did you say the spot? Um, he started 22nd. 22nd. <laughs> my, my Google, Google is super pumped up. <laughs> Google is telling you what the answer is. Did she actually? No, she said something about New York. I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Really All right, it's well 80s, done. I'm going to get Not it. Fair. That's when I was really born. It, but even though I was born in the 90s, like my soul is from the 80s. All right, Cody. Since you're uh, since you're giving me trivia every week, no more questions. No, no, don't do that. This helps me. Or like seventies, eighties <laughs> is good. When, you, when he does stuff from the fifties, I like I don't know that much. I have to All learn right. more about the fifties, well, I guess. So Cody, Cody, take notes. Fifties, <laughs> but yeah, fifties, fifties, forties. There was no F one in the forties. Really, like, I mean, there was like Grand Prix here and there. There wasn't F one, F one, but there were still races. Yeah, but that's like. Is that under the purview of what we're discussing here? Who cares? If if it stumps you, I think we should make it a make it make it. <laughs> now it's just going to be like while. random trivia at a certain point. <laughs> but before we talk about Austria, let's let's briefly scold the terrible fans that were just a complete nightmare at Austria, saying all sorts of terrible things. Doing all sorts of terrible things. I don't really even know how to describe how gross it is, and it's it's a, it was a large a large number of people I saw 
at least on social media. Like I saw a lot of stuff that Sarah reposted and whatnot. So I don't know if anybody has anything they want to add to that, but I felt like I just needed to go on a quick 30 second rant. Yeah. I mean, um, for anyone who follows me, which I'm sure not a lot of your listeners actually do follow me, but they should, I don't know if they have the same same, uh, audience, but, um, yeah, I think it was, really shocking to see the percentage and amount of harassment that was apparent. And as someone who has been harassed at a GP before, and as someone who every single female I know has been harassed at a GP before, it's not necessarily anything new, but just the fact that the stories that came out were just so abhorrent. Um, Yeah, it's just shocking. So Thankfully, I've heard through the grapevine that um, both teams and F1 individually are looking into it. Um, I mean, I hope so. Um, and then we, Samantha and I are kind of on, and Samantha's the co-founder of this Women in Motorsports thing that I run. Um, we are on a bit of a stampede to try to get something to happen internally too. So we're working on it, TBD. We'll keep you posted, but yeah, it was um, it was pretty shocking. Yeah, whenever you, whenever you get that, we'll be sure to share it out. But just wanted to get in front of that before I forgot about it. Before we go on to the next race and whatnot, what about the quotes so, from Frenchie, where uh, you Toto and Sebastian about it? I liked their stand on it. Toto came out and was just like, mm-hmm. "We don't effing want you here if you're gonna." harass fans and that's pretty much the attitude that i subscribe to like if yeah. everyone's here yeah. as a racing fan so if you can't make it a good environment then don't go to the race no one needs yeah, you there like 100%. we don't I, they shouldn't want your money then like it's like tainted dirty money <laughs> well I, it is formula yeah. one well, so, so. I don't, tainted dirty yeah, money doesn't yeah, really carry good. the same way <laughs> yeah that might attract them more to it actually you're right She's got a point. She's got a point. All right, Frenchie, where do you want to start? All right, so we've only got a couple of news items. Um, The first one is just this short general thing that I'm sure you guys both saw is that Michael Massey left the FIA. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like I don't know why he didn't leave kind of when he was taken out of the race director role. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really know what he was doing for this past, what, seven months or so? Or when did he get... When did he step down? Beginning of the year? I think it's January. January. I think the logic behind it is that they didn't want to admit guilt. And I think if they Uh. were to have removed Massey completely in December slash January, that's almost admitting guilt. And it's also like telling Lewis fans that, you know, screw you guys, basically. Um, So I think it was probably honestly a very smart PR move if nothing else like I'm I don't know the ins and outs of the FIA I don't know how they run their business but um coming from your perspective it makes sense to like wait six months because then it's not nearly as much of a news item now as it would have been six months ago another really good point I mean that that makes sense especially to make it look like at least that Massey maybe they kind of made it so Massey wanted to leave the organization like they put him in a position that just sucked Mm -hmm. So that at this point, he would get fed up with it and, and leave like he did at this point. I mean, if I were him, I would have yeah, he's gone already because I wouldn't want to just be in that position of utter chaos and trolling that he was stuck in. So, 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing else to add to this one. She she wins this I, round. He, we're not sure what he's going to do next, but we'll just keep a watch. Maybe he'll just disappear into the sunset or I hope You not. know he's going to pop up in like he's going to pop up in like formula like he's going to pop up in some other form of racing. They always they always do, you know. I don't know, maybe Maybe he goes to, like, NASCAR or something like that. Um, he'd fit right in with their terrible decision. We have a short attention span in just the world, it seems like. So basically a couple of years, right, then people will forget everything that happened with him, and he'll be just, like, a fresh, clean slate to start somewhere new, like you said. This will never happen. That's like when Bo Barfield left, and all of a sudden, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, this will never happen, but I would love to watch him come back in like five years as a commentator or like one of the like Sky Sports people like Jensen <laughs> Button, Danica Patrick. I would just love to see that because I like Michael. Hey, that's what I they do great, with. But... That's what they do with like um, tarnished politicians in the U.S. They tend to end up like commentators on CBS, <laughs> CNN or whatever, like one of the networks. So, yeah, that's perfect for him. Exactly. It'll bring eyeballs for sure. So I could see that happening. Hmm. All right. Next item that we've got is that Colton Herta, IndyCar's, I don't know. I would say he's a golden boy, um, one of oh. them, tested the McLaren, last year's car, at Portimao. And he ran 162 laps. And he said, let me read his quote here. When he was asked if he'd be competitive in F1, if he kind of stepped in right now, he said, yes, you can't say no to that question. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a professional driver. So, yeah, I do think I'm fast enough. Whether or not McLaren agrees, I guess time will tell. And hopefully I get more chances in the car and hopefully I can show it. So we'll see if he makes some appearances in FP1 sessions later this year. But, um, I mean, haven't heard anything about the times. We probably won't see how competitive he was. But from the videos that I saw, it didn't seem like he struggled at all interesting yeah i mean good for him he's obviously mega talented and i think if he gets a shot in f1 he will do very well time will tell if if he does i don't i don't think it's going to happen next year i don't see him jumping into the top five in the indycar standings that will get him the required super license points Mm. so because he you know he's he's not going to get points from his last Indy Lights season because there weren't enough drivers in the championship. So I I think he's got an uphill battle and not from a talent perspective, purely from a super super license rule perspective. Interesting. I haven't listened to your Palu episode yet because I saw that it came out, but this just makes silly season so much more fun. Oh, it's been a fun week. <laughs> it's only going to get more fun i know zach brown really said i'm just gonna show up before summer and rattle some things and make it a good time and i really appreciate that you know as as frustrating as it may be for drivers or team personnel like this week going to toronto for indycar and everything that's going on Mm -hmm. I, i mean i love it it gave us we we for the first time in 500 and something episodes deleted an entire segment and re-recorded it so wow. they thank you thank you alex and thank you zach brown for giving us extra to talk about this week and extra to tweet about etc cetera, etc cetera. that's 
those are always fun, even though if it's a little tiring, it's still uh, it's still. Yeah, a lot we of in fun. the IndyCar community thought Chip Ganassi was like a shrewd businessman and a hard negotiator, and then Zach Brown comes onto the scene and just like drops the grenade. <laughs> he he just shows no respect for like basically the other teams or the contracts and just goes for what he wants, which is kind of awesome, but definitely shakes mm-hmm. things up. In um, other IndyCar news, I noticed it's not related to F1 or Austria, so I'm so sorry. And I don't even watch IndyCar. But what? We got to only... convert you on I that I know. One. I know. Trust me. It's, my goal is this year to get to fully get into Formula E, Indy, IMSA, and MotoGP. Okay. The only one I haven't yet is MotoGP, order. so I have to still work on that one, too. Yeah. yeah. You should so come to an IndyCar race with us. Like... Join us. I So I would love to. So my co colleague whatever samantha she lives in toronto so she's going to toronto this weekend nice. but did you guys see that the only female indycar driver is no longer driving yeah that yeah. picked off the gritty grit thanks rocket yep thanks rocket so that was like yeah. the shit's post and like nobody talked about it too which to be fair we didn't talk about it on grid click which we should have but like that's just so frustrating to me i know it's completely not related to austria and i know that's the point of this podcast i mean it's it's a fair it's a fair topic because I mean Rocket screwed over Williams yeah, and F1 so we can like s- we can we can tie it together that way to to and to Tatiana talk Calderon F1, has but... a European racing background so mm-hmm. yeah there you go see we're, we're tying this all together but you know like I think we we talked about it a little bit last week it's just so unfortunate or maybe it was this week I think both I think it was because we talked about maybe it was going to happen and then when it actually did yeah, happen yeah, yeah. then we had to react to it yeah got it. It's very disappointing, and uh, I'm sorry for repeating myself. Probably, I guess, for a second day in a row. But from a you know people, girls and women that we saw around the paddock every weekend in IndyCar that were you know looking to get a picture with Tatiana or autograph. She's so nice. Like she's just like the nicest woman. Her whole family is like insanely nice. Last year in Ohio when she did her first. IndyCar test. I did a seven-minute interview with her, wow. kind of like spur of the moment. And her sister and her mom, I think, every time this year, you know, so this Toronto is only the second race I missed. So all seven or eight, nine times this year that I've run into them, they always say, hello, how are you? Remember who you are. Wow. And, you know, just from that, like, one uh, meeting last I don't know July, so I I have huge respect for her and I mean her whole family. So hopefully, I mean it's probably not going to be with with Rocket funding because mm. they suck. Mm. But you know, hopefully they can get her in at least a few rounds. You know maybe the end of the season West Coast races in Nashville or something like that because it Indy is car should step in yeah. honestly. I think if they, you know, we need diversity in the series and I mean she's Colombian as well, so. We've had that South American interest in the IndyCar before, but, I mean, probably not since really, like, Juan Pablo Montoya, right? There's Brazilian interest always because there's a Brazilian contingent, but, yeah, you know, the Spanish-speaking world as well as um, just females interested in motorsport and males. I mean, she was just an interesting talent to watch. It was just to see her compete, so I, they should step in and help her out, but who knows if that'll happen. It's probably a dream. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> sorry for the tangent and sorry for the repetition. Just thought it was important. No, it's we valid. appreciate it. 
All right, so off the back of the Colton Herta F1 rumors swirling around, yeah. um, Daniel Ricardo posted something this week after Will Buxton said he's not going to be driving next year and freaked everybody out, um, which he loves to just do that kind of stuff, that uh, there's been a lot of rumors around his future in Formula One, but he wanted to hear, you know, get directly from the source that he's committed to McLaren until at least the end of next year to fulfill his contract and that he's not walking away from the sport. So I think that's about as definitive an answer we're going to get because the option for next year is a driver option, not a team option. So if he wants to continue, he will continue. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think from him, hundred percent is definitive. It's, you know, if McLaren really wanted to, they could kick him out early. Buy him out. Yeah. I'm out, but you know, if he's trying fighting to stay, I hope that they let him. I love all the the people on on Twitter, social media, were like, "Well, look, look at this vaguely worded statement. He's going to go elsewhere." I'm like, did, have we not talked about for the last month that the option is in Daniel Ricardo's hand? Like, yes, okay, McLaren could buy him out or kick him to the curb, whatever. Sure, but if we're going to pick apart Daniel Ricardo's statement, we're really wasting our time. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, when I posted it on my story and I like didn't have any, I did not add any commentary of like, yeah, I'm so excited or like, gosh, darn it. He's saying like, I added zero commentary and I got probably six DMs with people being like, he doesn't deserve to stay like going on tangents and going on rails. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He's not performing. I agree. I understand that, but it's about the personality. You know, you can't just leave the grid. It makes me sad. I'd rather see Alonzo leave first. You know who else is not performing? Cause I like to crap on him is Lance Stroll. Yeah, he did not do well this weekend. He Watching hasn't done well pretty much all season. Like, <laughs> pass him on the same corner at the same time. I was like, okay, yikes. Exactly. So he's not going to anywhere, but no one seems to have a problem with that because his dad owns a team. So I don't think well, we can say that much about Ricardo. Group. He has his own hate group, too. Uh, a much larger hate group than Ricardo does. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a Sarah? How did your your best friend do this weekend? Oh yeah, he did so well. Oh Frenchie, have you no no Frenchie? I have a new best friend. Frenchie, oh, Frenchie doesn't. I need to join your like text group or something then. You do because it's not that I'm going back on my statement from last recording or last show or whatever it is. I think last show I specifically said I don't think about him a lot, and now I'm thinking about him a lot. Oh, and that is SD bestie. I'm on the SD Bestie train. So in a, it's in a positive way? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. He's, did you guys know he's eighth in the driver's standing behind Lando, ahead of Alonso, ahead of Botox? He's like low he's in a good spot. It. it pains me. It pains me Was that, that like he's in a good spot. Was that like his 100th or 150th start or something this weekend? Yeah, I think 100th start. start. Okay. Like, he's... I just never really thought about him. And then to be fair, I only started thinking about him because one of my friends... Lily Herman, who runs the Sports Illustrated F1 podcast, her and I were just talking about him because she really likes his girlfriend, like her, oh, okay. her whole shtick. And so we were just like talking about them. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't really think about him that much or whatever. So like, I just started like, you know, paying more attention and whatever. And I like, I really like his vibe. He seems really nice. He's doing really well. So like, he's, he's come up on my own personal driver standings. 
That's the news. So we've we've created Estee's Besties. I think that was after Estee a couple Bestie. drinks this weekend, but well, no, I did not come up yes. with Estee Bestie. Estee Bestie okay. is like a, a term for Esteban Ocon. I did not come up with that. I cannot trademark that. I'll have to join this group because I am not convinced about Esteban, <laughs> and you might <laughs> we'll need to like take me. Yeah, show me why. Because I've always he, been he's like... He's wearing a Prada jumpsuit. Have you ever seen a man pull off a Prada jumpsuit? <laughs> no, but Frenchie? Lewis probably could, right? Yeah, that's true. He absolutely could. But he didn't. And that's the point. Esteban beat him to it. So Is the Prada jumpsuit I mean, made for men? Or is it was it a woman's jumpsuit that he just decided to wear? I'm like 99% sure it was made for men. He made it for... He, he got it. For like, that's pretty cool. Like He got it for like a fashion show that him and his girlfriend were going to in Paris. Casual because oh they're french not, right? yeah french people in fashion <laughs> let me look at me right now <laughs> For those you, the yeah. most french the most french exactly. one here i guess i should like right, Esteban because of his uh heritage but i mean yeah he's he's your you guys will have to countryman. convince me i just i'm, I'm just gonna go back to uh, alexander rossi's quote on uh off track where he called oh, him yeah. a what was it a slimy bitch slimy bitch yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I sent it to somebody. I might. Oh, I Sarah, I sent it to you, but not the not the audio version, just the screenshot mm-hmm. of the transcript or something like that. Yeah, I love that. Absolute vibes. Okay, so Ross, Rossi quotes yeah, are good. always good. The last piece of news that I've got before we get into reviewing Austria, and this kind of leads me into Austria, is that Christian Horner has said that he thinks that track limits will be an even bigger issue at Paul Ricard coming up next weekend. I'm so down. I know everyone was annoyed, but I loved it. I So I, a friend of Hate mine, it. worked Hate with it. the FIA stewards, like in the stewards room, and he was texting me. He was like, we're just giving out these penalties left and right. And I was like, keep going, buddy. Keep going. Like, I loved it. I thought it just made it so interesting. I mean, obviously, it sucks for people who, like, are you know trying to do well and if they're in a really good position and then they suddenly get a five second penalty for something fucking stupid like that like yeah that sucks but if it's like someone who i don't care about it's like if max verstappen were to get a five second penalty i'm down i have a quote from him actually that i i want to read you about this because you might be interested to hear he said that the runoffs at spielberg in in austria right were a bit of a joke Mm -hmm. and said that i don't think we should have this Oh, you went one millimeter over. That's a penalty or whatever. Just add a wall or bring some gravel back. It doesn't look good for the sport as well. Mm. Max, Max and I are vibing on this That's one. That's rare. That's the only time I'm ever going to make that, that that sentence statement, by the way. So please don't like skewer me on the internet <laughs> or take this out of context or whatever. Just about this. But yes, this one I 100% agree with. It was... And I get it. There are... Certain spots you probably can't put gravel or a wall. That's, that's fine. I understand that it can't be everywhere. But it was almost hard. At, and the other thing is F1 TV didn't have, like, who had a penalty mm-hmm. graphics on the screen this weekend. So you couldn't really – you're trying to think, like, all right, did did Lando – because I think Lando had one. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, did Lando have his penalty? Did he serve his penalty? Did, did, did he not have a penalty? Okay, what about Gasly? So it's just like I think that made it more frustrating because you really had no idea what was going on, mm. and I don't like the penalty anyway. But 
like I could live with it if at least I knew, okay, these three guys have a penalty. Maybe these three guys have a black and white flag and a penalty is coming. Just something so you know what's Do going on. Do you think on. casual fans even like had any clue what was going on with that? No, because I got a text from my dad who's more of a like a casual F1 on fan on the F1 side. And he was asking me, what the hell are these track limit penalties? Interesting. So that's what I was thinking. Well, the whole argument this week was like, just don't design tracks. So track limits are at the advantage. But at the end of the day, a lot of these historic tracks have track limits where that's the advantage. And they're not just going to rip up a track. I mean, they have, but they're probably not going to. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not when Red Bull owns it. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know who owns Paul Ricard, but... I'm sure it's someone powerful. Ocon. <laughs> Ocon family. <laughs> That'd be epic. I, would just, I was assuming it's going to be like Alan Prost or like Renny Arnoux or something, like some old F1 driver, not Ocon, but that'd be amazing. You keep talking, I'll look it up because now I'm curious. Well, I know it was, it was named after Paul Ricard, like who actually owned it. He was like some kind of French beverage uh, magnate. But what's with the beverages in F one? Red Bull, Lavazzi, Lavazzo, whatever yeah. the hell that is, company is. Isn't Peroni like zero point zero and Heineken zero point zero? The Ferrari Champagne, which has nothing to do with the actual Ferrari. There's company. also is it, which actually Ferrari isn't car. half bad. Oh really? The Ferrari Champagne is not half bad. Nice. I can say from experience. I, I'm into it. I'll try that. I want one of the F one drivers to come out. You know, how all the celebrities are making spirits. Like all yeah. the like, the Rock yeah. has tequila and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I want an yeah, F one yeah. driver to just come out with like gin or something. I would buy it. Well, Daniel has his wine. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't know that. Wine. Yeah, he he came out with it like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. But it's like impossible to get your hands on, and it's like only in Australia. Oh, Jensen Button actually, he has some kind of bourbon. I think that I, I've been wanting <gasps> no to try. Way. Yeah, I would buy that so fast. Can you look that? <laughs> can, Mike, can you prioritize that in your research right now versus Paul yes, I can pull it up. While you're looking yeah. up the Paul Ricard Screw thing. off. Screw off, Paul. I can't find who owns Paul Ricard. It's not on Wikipedia. Oh, so, so that, that one source. Okay, so his whiskey brand is called <laughs> Coach Built Whiskey. And it costs about 55 bucks a bottle. Ooh, but this bottle is pretty epic looking. Anyone who is a fan of Jensen Button or F1 and you like bourbon, you're probably going to want to go. It's not bourbon. It's whiskey. Damn it. That's fine. How dare you screw that up? I know. It's a blended scotch. So, yeah, but I like I like whiskey better or bourbon better than whiskey, but I guess that's I agree. Listen, if it's liquor, I like it. And yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's still worth it. For anyone who's listening, my birthday is November fourteenth. I live in Miami, Florida. <laughs> Please ship me a bottle or a case. <laughs> I would really Jensen? appreciate it. Jensen? Jensen 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 actually yeah. did follow me on Instagram for like a year or so, like four or five years ago, like a long time ago. And I, like, still don't know why. And then at some point, he unfollowed me. And I'm like, yeah, that probably tracks. Like, I don't know why that happened. But now I regret that he unfollowed me because I would have totally DM'd him asking him to send me a bottle, which I'm sure his wife would not appreciate. But I'm just here for the liquor, I promise. Oh, it's a partnership with a former Johnny Walker executive. That's cool. The packaging is epic. They have like a, a bunch of race car, like classic Jaguar race car in these photos that I'm seeing of like with all the barrels behind it. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. 
Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minterdial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to go look for it tomorrow at Total Wine. I'm, I have a Total Wine date with Stig tomorrow night. We're going to go to the store and buy if all you the have, If you find it, send us a picture or at least save me like a little bit for when i come like two okay, weeks we'll do i'll i'll buy i'll buy some so so everybody can yeah we'll ship bottle. it did you just say steak like the steak like the top gear steak uh that's actually one of our <laughs> friends everyone has ridiculous yeah. names. <laughs> I'm so that's that's actually you need, somebody's you need a ridiculous nickname in our name group now, of- apparently group of friends yes we'll 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 work on we'll work on that one well i but, can't have the steak yes, therefore we, i don't want it yeah that's well no you have to come up with we'll, what you we have to get you at your own nickname but has to it has to come out naturally yeah we like, don't just make it up yeah i'm not yeah. saying i want like a nickname friend... i'm saying having the stick as a nickname is fucking sick and i'm jealous of your. he's friend. like an epic yeah. go-kart driver yeah. is why and his his yeah. Like suit is pure white and he's had the white helmet. So he would show up and he looked like the stick. So that's why he got that. I'm name. obsessed with that. That's incredible. Thank you for that information. I'm just learning so much yes, today. Ma'am. Truly learning so much. <laughs> She's learning about. Yeah. All the things not about Formula One. Our, our, <laughs> our, our, one of our friends. People are just shutting off the podcast right now. We should probably get back to reviewing the race. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a race last weekend. So no, it's, it's I like it, but our listeners may not. Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Charles. All the Ferrari fans are like, talk about the goddamn race. Wait. Okay. I don't know if I'm uh, like fast yeah. forwarding, but are we? We're talking about the sprint, yes. correct? We will be talking about the sprint. Sure. Can't Let's talk about the sprint about first. The sprint? Yeah. Am I like totally interrupting your agenda? 
Nope, go for it. I had no no agenda in mind, so go right. I forgot there was a sprint <laughs> race, to be honest with you. You forgot about the Charles Carlos head-to-head that completely obliterated their strategy before I got set up strategy, so we're not going to talk about that, but how sexy that was, how good racing that was. <laughs> it was... I am just glad it wasn't a Leclerc Vettel 2019 or 2020, whenever that was, when they plateau and you plateauing into each other in turn four. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But it was like a lot Daniel of fun to watch. Max. I was saying I hope they don't do a Daniel Max. Or, they <laughs> or Lewis and Nico. Yeah. If you go back to 2016. So, you know, they could be added to a great list of fiery duos. However, I loved the racing that occurred, even though obviously a lot of people complained about the strategy. It would have been great for Charles to actually have caught up to Max and gave him some sort of competition. I totally understand that, whatever. But the racing that occurred between Carlos and Charles and how close they are to skill and talent and how Carlos now has that one race win that he's like, fuck this, I'm going to fight for it and I'm going to battle my teammate. Like, I am so down for it. Unless they destroy it. I do love, 100%. I love that they, at Ferrari, as much as it hurts them, they refuse to make that team orders move like they used to with Mm -hmm. Schumacher and Barrichello where it was just so unpopular. And Mm -hmm. I remember, I don't remember what race it was where Barrichello pulled over at like the last corner and Schumacher just like edged past him to take the win some point like Oh three Oh four. And it was, yeah, it's just so embarrassing when they do stuff like that. So to see racing between teammates, I appreciate you Ferrari, but it is going to screw you in the end. Probably. Totally. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, they cost themselves a good three seconds to two, two, three seconds to Verstappen. But I mean, it was still it was still fun. It was a, it was a good battle. Still, I'm still not sold on sprint races. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we have six next year. It was so you awesome. Have to be. Can't wait. <laughs> I, I think the Im- Imola sprint race. Yeah, that one was good. Your question mark was really good. This one was like the the Ferrari battle was awesome and then like nothing happened the rest of it. So well, Albin, wait, I don't know, I don't remember. I, mean, I think it was I mean, a sprint, I mean, oh, not hold the on. race. Holding. The Mick and Mick holding up Lewis for a while was in the yep. sprint race. That was good. So that got me thinking that was first off job well done Mick. But do you think Mick was actually faster than his teammate Kevin Magnussen? Because after the race, I have never seen Mick that yes. angry. So do you guys think that Haas should have played some team orders to help Mick out? Or is it, listen, we've got one guy ahead. We're just going to leave him there. Mick, fend for yourself. I don't know. When Lewis is that close, I think it's hard to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard, right? When Lewis is right there. So how do you make that exchange without letting him pass too? That's the reason why I think they didn't do it is the excuse. But I think otherwise you would rather have seen Mick move past Kevin and continue to like in his rocket propelled surge towards the front. He could have also fought yeah, for it. Agreed. Like he could have so, actually overtaken Kevin if, you know, he wasn't close enough to do so, so therefore he's not faster, so therefore, no. Like, I get it, but I also, and I'm a Mick fan, I'm much, I'm a huge Mick fan, but I don't know. I think it would have been way too risky with Lewis on his butt. Yeah. Fair. Frenchie? 
Anything else from the sprint race? Um, I'm trying to think of what ha- else happened in the sprint race. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Was it the sprint or was it the actual race when Alvin hit Vettel? I think that might have been that actual Vettel race. Vettel in the gravel. Because that pissed me That was off. the actual, yeah, that was actual, actual race. Because then, that uh, who else had a moment in that corner? Gas, did Gasly yes. hit somebody? Gasly Russell hit, hit Russell. Russell hit yeah. Perez. Gasly hit Lewis. Gasly hit Lewis and Albon hit Vettel. There was a lot of uh, wheel banging in on, on Sunday in the race. I mean, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong; it was a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. what did you think of the penalties? Like the, uh, I'm just gonna start and give my opinion first on this one. <laughs> the George and Sergio one. I'm just I'm I'm cutting you beat you both off on on this one, man. I don't know. I don't know what George was supposed to do. He looked like he held the inside line pretty well and and Perez just made contact with his wheel and sent himself off like I don't think it was dirty I don't know I don't there see was another like race a dirty last driver. year yeah you keep doing that I'm there's sorry. another race last year no it's okay and I apologize too I have a thing of talking over people which I need to calm down on but um I think it was a Lewis Max thing at the end of last year where like they had hit into each other but their racing lines were like so close that they couldn't tell if it was a proper racing incident or if it was actually them pushing each other off and I think that this was very similar like you can't really tell if someone's at fault like if he could have avoided it or not and that's just kind of what it is and I think at the end of the day those kinds of things you just deem to a racing incident because you are racing and it was an incident and as long as there was no like you know, malintent from George, which I'm sure there wouldn't be, as you said, Frenchie. But again, I'm not an FIA steward, so I don't make the calls. Sounds like you'd be more popular as an FIA steward if you were to get that position, though. Based on, well, we didn't talk about Vettel was... storming out, right? Did we talk no, about that? but this this weekend... Storming out of the meeting? Um, which meeting? Didn't he storm out of the Friday driver's meeting and get a 25,000 euro suspended fine? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, We tweeted about that, but I think that happened. For some reason, that slipped my mind to talk about. I was a few drinks deep when that happened, so I made you tweet that one. Oh, that's why I thought you were driving. I might might have been hungover, might have been driving. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You were a few drinks deep, and then you might have been driving. Come on, man. Don't implicate yourself. (laughs) That's that's. I mean, it it was a week ago. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> I wasn't driving and drinking. It was You're one over or the other. Driving? That sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah. I wasn't hungover on Sunday, but I was very tired driving back. This was Friday that we... No, Saturday that we found this out, right? That he got the penalty. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. just the FIA flexing its muscles, right? Because it's suspended fine. Yeah, everybody got a suspended fine this weekend. They did. It was all suspended. Well, the the podium, the Park Farm A mm. fine oh, yeah. from the podium guys was all suspended too. So yeah, it was, I I don't know. I sounds like all the drivers were in agreement, and Vettel got angry and walked out, and he got a suspended fine. Well, he wants more consistencies from what I was hearing. Like yeah. they're tired of this rotating cast of stewards. And then just the like race directors changing. So we didn't have consistency when we had Michael Massey. 
and now we don't have consistency when we have different individuals. So we have to figure out some kind of solution for basically policing so that they actually know when they're going to get a penalty and what the driving standards are. So a steward fun fact from this weekend is that there was a female steward for the second time ever in F1's history. That's that's it? That's only the second time? That's it. To, that's, from my source. I have not so done my sad. own personal research, but from my source in F1, he was like so excited. And I was like, no, that's depressing. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh, but I was so excited for you. I was like, yeah. no, that's depressing. They should have publicized maybe that. And maybe they bad. didn't because it's only the second time it happened they and they're didn't. embarrassed as they should be. That would be so bad. That would go down very horribly if they were to like publish that as a positive thing. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, back to the race set on trying to positive it up here. The battle for the lead between Verstappen and Leclerc, while on similar but different strategies and not nearly as epic as the Silverstone battle a week before, was still pretty good for what was shaping up to be not like the most exciting race ever. So good to see Ferrari not totally bungle the strategy both days this weekend until Carlos's engine decided to spontaneously combust from all points and explode and i'm not even going to touch the whole fia stewards and fia corner marshals and safety workers and that whole safety kerfluffle that has gone on on twitter for the last three days it is what it is we don't need to waste any more time on that but if you are a fan of one of the teams and you have ferrari who the last few weeks has had some major reliability issues. Red Bull, who had reliability issues at the beginning of the season, which team are you more worried about? Or both? Or none? I'm going to let Sarah answer first because I have to think about that one, unless she needs time to think too. No, I mean, you mean which team do, you, do I think is going to come on top between the two? Or if I was a driver for which team, which would I be more nervous about being a driver for in the car? The second one. If I if you were driving for one of the teams, who, which team would you be more nervous for? Ferrari. The Ferrari PUs are absolutely bottling it this year. Frenchie. So I have to make a caveat that I think if I was Sergio Perez, I'd be extremely nervous because I think Max gets like ninety percent of Red Bull's focus and resources. But otherwise I'd be yeah, if I was Max, I wouldn't be that worried, and I would be more nervous to be on the Ferrari team because they seem to have some serious issues with reliability, but I know that they're, they were more worried about going into the season making up that gap in performance because they can apply for reliability upgrades. Once the engine's homologated in terms of performance, they can't make any upgrades, but they can make reliability upgrades and say that it's basically a safety issue as we saw that it kind of was which it is yeah so they can fix this All hopefully right. but Fair budget enough. cap gets well, they way. can if they they have the like ability by rules yes but do they have the ability by skill and actual fixes oh shit shots fired i love ferrari don't get me wrong but like i i am a ferrari fan i like ferrari but it's just the 
PUs in general this year, everyone that has a Ferrari PU is feeling the pain from that. So they have to be the most unreliable car this engine wise at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it is. I'm thinking yeah. Mercedes has hasn't really be. had any failures engine wise. None of the Mercedes engines. No, Mercedes has been the yeah. most reliable mm-hmm. by far. But you know, props to Mick for getting points for a second straight race and driver of the day. His driver of the day reaction afterwards was very wholesome and much needed on a uh, much much really cool to see. And hopefully his you know, family got to celebrate when they got home. I know his mom and his sister were all pumped up at the track, which was. I mean, I love it. I, I went and watched the Schumacher documentary from last year again Sunday night afterwards. And I know, I know there's other documentaries in F1 that are better, but as a Schumacher fan, I really like the Schumacher ones. So mm. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm sticking with on that. But I think we can let, – Frenchie, let's recap predictions, and then we will do driver. Okay, I have one thing to mention first is that Lewis got his third podium in a row finished third the last three races wow. so mercedes seems to be back in the game slightly they're only about two tenths down from the front runners so we'll see if they're able to maybe over the summer break after france get right there it'll be interesting to see but our predictions i love that you said that no just super quickly i love that you said that isn't like oh my god lewis got a podium for the third time in the row that's so exciting and that's just also depressing because this year compared to any other year, you would have never expected those words to be coming out of your mouth and like, wow, this is great podium three times. Like, and he hasn't gotten above third. That's a good point. Every other year I would be like, Oh my God, he's on the podium again. This is so boring, but I'm trying to give Mm -hmm. him like, everyone just seems to be dumping on him still about like, Oh, he's washed. Like he he's done. Like you give him some credit. The dude is, like everyone thought he wasn't going to be motivated after what happened last year and he's still pushing hard like he's right there with russell and everyone thought russell was going to own him or they were making those claims he's washed up like scott dixon <laughs> <right>, country. <laughs> that's it scott dixon's only finished outside the top nine once this season he's not washed <laughs> yep totally washed up totally totally 100 percent washed up all right all right Predictions. so for i picked Perez, who retired, Al- Alonso, nice. who finished 10th, and Mick Schumacher, who finished 6th. So my average was 8th. You had Verstappen, okay. who finished 2nd, Russell, who finished 4th, and then Gasly, who finished down to 15th for an average of 6.3. So you beat me this week. All right. All right. I'm on a roll with predictions. Did you beat me? I didn't like everyone. My picks retired last week too. Yeah, both of your picks retired at Silverstone. One of them was Joguan Yu, who went flying over a wall. And he had another so, crappy like, race this were... weekend. <laughs> I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Just digging at Frenchie for getting pre- for, maybe for I'm cursing them. You used to be the one to curse people, but now maybe it switched yeah. to me. I mean, I'll take it. I've, for the last four and a half years, have been terrible at predictions, and the last three months have been pretty good. I'm still beating you in grid rival, though. I'm in ninth, and what are you, like 20-something? 21st, Uh, yeah. But I was, like, up in, like, the top five at some point, so I've dropped. Yeah, yeah. My my buddy Ryan, who is leading overall, likes to text me after every race that he's still leading He's leading significantly, too. Like you were in the Motormouth League last year. Yeah. 
the Motormouth League that promised prizes and then never gave us prizes. Whoa. Shots oh. fired. Hopefully Whoops. they're not listening. Whoops. Did I, did I <laughs> sorry, say Tim and Harry? Oh. oh. I'm not sorry. <laughs> All right. Sarah, who was your driver of the weekend? Hmm. That's a good question. Um... I'm really glad that Mick got points two races in a row. He's my dude. I'm going to say, Esty Bestie, he came in fifth. He really rocked it this week. <laughs> like, that's pretty good to come in above Norris and Alonso and Botas and other people that typically end up in the top 10. I'm down. I'm down for it. I'm here. I'm on the Esty Bestie train. Where... Where is Esty like the name of a character in a movie or TV show that I've heard before? There's some like know. something that my girlfriend has watched where it's like Esty is the name of some character. Someone should reach out to us on Twitter if you know what I'm talking about. I can't think of what it is. Oh no. Yeah. Hold on. It just came to me, but then I forgot it again. <laughs> no, Esty No, Esty's the name of one of the girls in the band Heim. That's where I know it from. She's the bass player in Heim, who I saw recently with Michelle, if you guys know who that group is. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I kept thinking of every time that you said Esty Bessie. I was like, where's that name that familiar from? My driver of the weekend will be Daniel Ricardo. I'm going to give him some credit for finishing ninth and, like, not – I mean – Lando finished seventh, so he wasn't as far off. The gulf was not as wide as it has been so far this season. Hopefully, this represents a step forward, but I'm not going to count my chickens yet. I'm taking Leclerc. So, what an easy weekend. He... Yeah, I, I mean, listen. No, no nuance boring. whatever, man. So boring. Yeah. Get creative, right, Mike. guys. Sarah. I mean, it's fair. He, pa <laughs> he passed Verstappen three times, so you're not That's wrong. True. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, screw you guys. Okay, Sarah, <laughs> who was your disappointment of the weekend? Ooh. Um, Vettel made me sad. I mean, he was hit, so, like, what can you do? But seeing Vettel finish so low in the points made my heart hurt a little bit. I am looking at the order right now, and I think Yuki is my disappoint Yuki's disappointment. Yuki's always of the a disappointment. Yuki is a constant <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> this is kind of why I wanted to bring him up too, because I know you get fired up only about like one driver. Listen again, I'm diplomatic. I have no issues. Yuki sucks. <laughs> what were the quotes that you sent me mike about him that helmet marco sent out i can pull that up real quick if we want to read it helmet marco essentially not get said, off yuki's back you know if he if he keeps it up he will have a drive next year but if he doesn't get his attitude under control and stops if, if he stops crashing and gets his attitude under control he'll have a drive next year because he's had some good results but if he keeps it up with the issues he's had lately he will not be back Do we next think year now that he is a very management problem. Like actually, or is he just like kind of just get upset, like competitive? Do you because they make if it sound like Formula it's a real driver, issue? If you are a Formula One driver and you are put in this car going hundreds of miles an hour and you're put in a competitive environment, you're raised in a competitive environment, you're going to be angry. Like That's you what have I think. to yeah. have an edge 
but it's whether you can control that edge and work with your team and make it an effective emotion versus detracting from the experience with your engineers, detracting from the experience with your bosses and letting it affect your performance. Use it as fuel to the fire, exactly. Yeah, that's what makes or breaks a good driver. And if he can't handle that, then he's not a good driver. Like he's not going to succeed long-term because he doesn't have that skill to be able to funnel his anger into skill, just like Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is a very angry driver historically, who has been a very immature driver historically. <laughs> and he's been able to channel yeah. that and perform. I would, that's pretty good characterization, I think. Mike, what do you think? Does he have an issue? Like, is it, is it a problem that's holding him back? Or is it just like, he's too rash, maybe? Like, he just needs to do a little bit of work? Or is it something that's going to really ruin his career? I don't think it. I don't think it should really ruin his career. I think these guys are, you know, like Sarah said, ultra competitive. There are only you know twenty Formula One seats. If you you lose your ride in Formula One, it's not often you get a second chance like an Albon, Esteban Ocon, or, you, or Kevin Magnussen. Yeah, you don't get demoted. <laughs> you don't get demoted from. You don't get demoted from Nicky Lauda. Like you. <laughs> All right, we're going to end the episode there because I'm tired of this. <laughs> Michael Schumacher. Like, all these people that just came back after, like, a break. <laughs> Nigel Mansell. <laughs> and everyone always acts like if you lose your seat, then you're gone and the F1 forgets about you. But all these people come back. Yeah, but how many do Yeah, probably more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that one because I'm very Fernando Alonso right came now. back. That's different. Keep, like, name people. It's not different. F- Fernando Alonso is a very talented driver, even if he's. I feel a little like everyone I named prime. in that group was pretty talented. Right. So are we are we putting Yuki Sonoda potentially in that category of ultra talented? No, this is a category of people him... who are leaving and potentially coming back. I don't think he fits in the category of people who could leave yeah. and come back because he doesn't have yeah. skill. He doesn't have the talent. He doesn't have the personality. He doesn't have. <laughs> Sarah's a big fan of Yuki. <laughs> I'm going to get her a Yuki t-shirt for her birthday. <laughs> Along with that Actually, Jensen Button joke. bottle of whiskey. So, yeah. As a joke, last year my ex got me a Max Verstappen World Champion shirt, and that's why he's my ex. <laughs> Whoa. That's, that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> okay, no. I didn't break up with him over that. But should have been a red flag. Literally. Yeah, that's that's a red flag. I'll, gi- I'll give you that one. But... I don't think I actually got to my disappointment of the weekend. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. We, I'm going to go with Lance, Lance Stroll. I'm going to take another easy one here. Yeah, you guys bulldozed me on my answer, but ganged up and made well, fun of me. And We knew you were going to be a cop-out with a non-creative answer. Sarah fits right on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad for the yeah. audience of nobody who actually knows me. And, like, I'm, I'm typically a very nice No, but this is why we have you on. We want them anything, to know who you but... are because they should. You're, like, you know your stuff. You're, that's why we like having you on and talking about it. Yeah, but then they just hear me yell about a lot of random things, which I guess is also the point of a podcast, to be fair. I have a really good nickname for a Yuki fan club, but I, I, well, we're going to save that for after, and if you want to know the name of my Yuki fan club, you can I think I know what you're DM thinking me. of. 
Yes, yeah, you probably do. If you yeah. know my sense of humor, Mike you has a, a potty sense of humor. Yes, yes. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up there before I get in more trouble like I do every week on this, Sorry. especially on the F1 podcast. No, it's not your fault. But everybody enjoy Formula E, enjoy IndyCar, enjoy, I don't know, whatever else there is racing-wise this weekend, and have a lovely weekend of racing. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!